What's happening, crew? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Eric Wright, the host of the Disco Posse podcast, and we have got a fantastic chat that's long overdue to make it to the air. This is with the one and only Tori Barker. Tori is a marketing guru and a genuine creative visionary. She's doing really, really great stuff around connecting people, and this is why it was an automatic fit. The moment that I got outreach from Tori, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to do uh, join her for her podcast, which is fantastic as well. So make sure you check it out. It's the Creative Visionaries podcast. So really, really well done. Uh, go, go listen and learn. Uh, Tori's fantastic. And if you're looking for help, definitely go on over to Creative Marketing Sacramento and I'll, I'll share links below and we can get you connected to find out how to get Tori to help you get your message to the world. Uh, oh, in the meantime, speaking of getting a message to the world, I am happy to share that the message is clear. You got to back your stuff up. Uh, and old school methods of trying to operate your cloud or operate your Kubernetes infrastructure like it used to be back in the day when you had servers and apps isn't going to cut it. Neither is your data protection strategy unless you're leaning on the fine folks at Veeam Software. So the folks at Veeam are doing some really, really great stuff across multi-cloud, multiple on-prem containers. Oh boy, even Office 365, Salesforce, you got data everywhere. It's at risk. Get rid of your risk. Do this. Go to Veeam. So go to vee.am forward slash discoposse. That's how cool it is. It's got my name in it. Actually... It's the Veeam team that just put up that cool URL because it was fun. So anyways, go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. Check it out. See what they got going on. Oh, and right on before the end of the year, don't forget to get ready because we got a lot of stuff coming up. So head on over to gtmdelta.com. Sign up for the newsletter because we got some neat things coming out. Oh, right. GTM Delta. That's me. Uh, and if you need any help around making sure that you have the technical marketing content that's going to convert and close with you and your sales team, whether you are a technology startup, an enterprise technology company, whatever you need, we are in the business of human engagement and giving emotion to technical content. So go check it out, gtmdelta.com. In the meantime, this is Tori Barker. She's amazing. And you're listening to the Disco Posse podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Tori Barker, CEO of Creative Marketing and podcast host of the Creative Visionaries podcast. You are listening to the Disco Posse podcast. It's like podcast-o-rama. I love it. Podcast, <laughs> having a professional podcast host and an amazing person like yourself, Tori, makes this super easy and super fun. Uh, wow. I feel like I could just I could just sit back and like, Tori, take it away. Like just. <laughs> Who's the host today? You or me, right? <laughs> I, well, this is, it is a genuine challenge that happens. Sometimes I've been on, we're like, I was on one podcast and they they had two hosts too. So you think like they're automatically going to kind of like overpower me. And apparently uh, the the quiet Canadian wasn't as quiet as they. <laughs> so all of a sudden halfway through, I was asking them questions and then asking like follow-up questions. And finally like, whoa, whoa, hang on a second. This is, 
we're this is our podcast. We're asking the question. Is this your show? My I'm show? Like, hey. Whose show are we on? <laughs> I know. Or I did a webinar one time and I said, like, hey, thanks everybody uh for uh for watching the show. Super excited. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm in automatic podcast host mode all the time, 24 7. <laughs> happens. Tori, you're in automatic awesome mode. You've been doing some really cool stuff, uh, both in your own personal practice, uh, also what you're doing around building kind of community expertise, yeah. uh, the podcast, a great medium uh, by which you can share a lot of really cool lessons and ideas. And then, of course, you've got new stuff that's coming up content wise that we talked about. And uh, so let's for folks that are new to you. Let's, yeah. let's let's go back in the Tory Barker Wayback Machine and tell yes. us. Yes, so about, the time machine of Tory. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly do you do here, Tory? <laughs> well, so my journey as an entrepreneur started about four years ago, and prior to owning my own business, I was in the corporate marketing space. So I like to say I'm a recovering corporate marketer. <laughs> And uh, so, <laughs> gotcha. And so, I started my business, creative marketing, um, first out of necessity, right? Like I was in a, a position that I wasn't happy with. I didn't feel fulfilled. I wasn't feeling creative. I wasn't feeling like I was using my potential. And and so I was like, well, let's just make something, you know, um, that I can do the talents that I have, and I can help other people doing it. And so once I started um, doing this, I quickly realized that I had a business that I was building. And so it was really exciting to be able to leverage all of my uh, knowledge and skills for the 15 plus years into my own business for digital marketing. Um, and so I started growing and growing and then um, really wanted to take on the podcasting world. And I knew that, you know, podcast marketing was going to be a new big thing. Um, it was unique for other agency owners or marketing consultants in my field. Um, not everybody was doing it. So I thought that will definitely make me stand out and position me um, in a, a great way. Um, so I started the Creative Visionaries podcast, and that was about a year, almost a year and a half ago. And that was really built um to build community and to build an odd an audience and a network of like-minded people share stories from business owners entrepreneurs you know successes failures tips all of those things um, that we as entrepreneurs and business owners commonly uh, feel and and think about and wonder about and so being able to share these stories with these amazing guests um was just like icing on the, the cake for me. And so that's kind of how I, I came to where I am today, you know, a business owner and a podcast host and just love doing what I'm doing. I think that's the, it's, it's obvious and so like natural and baked in, uh, which is great. You know, that, that, that energy does come across and it's, it's so funny because you often find like, even when we're in corporate gigs, it's just maybe like, working in that organizational pod it kind of sometimes leaves you like i know i could go further and you can only go so far up and depending right. whether you want to go into management you can kind of get this point where like that passion suddenly gets sort of put into a bit of a box just because of the natural corporate structure so it's nice when you can take that and then ultimately you know play it out in in what you're doing and then to apply those methods and ideas to a, another medium, like, you know, take it on podcasting is, is pretty cool. And it's funny, like 
I, I was I went to for an ultrasound and the one of the the ultrasound tech was talking about uh, his podcast. I'm like, this is it's hilarious. You know, we're we're <laughs> changing awesome. podcast information as I'm covered in jelly. You know, getting ultrasounded. <laughs> you know, it's like this is a it was a bizarre thing. And like, just like when I was at my uh, barber and he asked me if I'd ever heard of Chat GPT, and I'm like. <laughs> Am I in this? Is this world? Is this a, is like a Black Mirror episode where like, what's going on here? But you know, looking at what you do as far as storytelling, what you brought from the corporate experience, and then now can bring that like high scaled, proven, agile, you know, delivery to individual clients is it's it's great. Like, and I just I'm a new entrepreneur myself. So I've been a side hustle entrepreneur for as long as I've had a hustle, I've had a side hustle. And sometimes <laughs> I think the side hustle is bigger than the hustle. Um, so let's talk about the jump to entrepreneurship for you. And what was yes. that first, what made you say I was ready and then get rid of that revisionist history and and like find it and tell me what really happened. <laughs> we, always, we, always, we always have the same. We're like, I remember it was the moment. You're like, no, the moment was about six years before that. But anyway, yeah. that was the moment I said, like, no, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> well, it was interesting for me because entrepreneurship never really crossed my mind as an option for a career path. Um, I didn't have many people in my life growing up that were entrepreneurs or had their own business and that sort of thing. So it wasn't really something that I thought about. I always thought about, you know, you go to a corporate job or, you know, work for a company and you work your way up the ladder. You get to be manager, to VP, to whatever it might be. And so you just grow and grow and grow through that one specific company. But then when I got to this point and I was like, gosh, I, there's a, a long way up, right? Like, I feel yeah. like I should be up here and I still got years and years to go and then looking at like all of the talent that i had and only being able to apply it to one company and i was like gosh there's something wrong with this picture and so i had been doing like some freelance work that side hustle stuff like most people start with and then like i said you know i just was like there's got to be something else i've got to i've got to try something else so i decided that i was going to do it on my own right so the first thing i did is talk to my family right hey i've got this idea kind of crazy. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately that's like, my family's like, we support you. You know, we know that you can do what you do and you do it well. You're a great person and you're smart and adaptive. And we think that you can do this. So we're going to support you 100%. And then I was like, okay, so then let's, let's look at um, some research. Cause I love to do research, right? So who's my, who's my competitors? Um, What's the industry look like? What, you know, what, what are the things that I need to know that I'm getting into uh, before I take that leap? And so after doing my research and figuring it all out and asking the questions and, and talking to the family, I took that leap. And for me, it really was a leap of faith because like I said, it was new. It was something I had never really thought of. Uh, didn't even know if I can do it, right? But I knew that I was the type of person that, um, would figure things out, right? I'm a problem solver. Whatever comes my way, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to figure it out and then I'll be an expert by, you know, the time I've figured it out. So I'm like, okay, I could do this. And it was confidence. So I build up confidence, faith, all that stuff. So I, I jumped in, right? And then I started working through and contacting people who were in my sphere. Like, hey, I know you'd have this business. This is the skill that I have. Let me help you. How can I help you? Um, and so that's really where it started, you know, really hitting the pavement and um, 
talking to as many people as I could who I, I knew had a need for marketing. Right. And then a funny little thing happened about a year into starting my business. And that was the pandemic. <laughs> and yeah, it kind of it kind of blew up most any any plan that anybody had to like, yeah, we're just gonna etch a sketch that sucker and yeah. start from zero. We're making this up as we go along. So it was it was interesting because um for me it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And I say that because it opened my eyes to other opportunities and possibilities. Um, and because I was doing digital marketing, all these other businesses who may not have had an online presence or had, didn't have a very good online presence were suddenly in a, a high demand for digital marketing. So right. thankfully I didn't go into the print marketing space, right? I went into digital marketing. So people were actually reaching out to me. And most of my business has been word of mouth and referrals um, and just like networking. And so that's, you know, the pandemic really exploded that opportunity to help more businesses. And then I started um, looking outside of my local area, right? When I first started my business, I thought, you know, I live in Northern California. Maybe I can help businesses who are in Northern California. And when the pandemic hit, everybody was online. Everybody talked via Zoom. Meetings were conducted on Zoom. Right. And so I started having conversations with people in other states and people on the other side of the US and Canada and England. And so it was like the borders just opened up for me and the opportunity just expanded. And so that's really where I was like, wow, the possibilities are endless in this business. And I really looked at, um, too, a lot of people talk about their competitors, right? Like other agencies or other marketing companies as competitors. But for me, I really look at them. I have an abundance mindset, right? So every company is going to have a unique um, proposition or a unique um, tool or resource. The leaders, the teams are very unique. So there's enough business out there for all of us. So I started reaching out to other marketing companies and, Hey, how are you guys doing? What's, you know, what's your, um, strengths, what's your weaknesses? Maybe we can help each other. And so right. I really started leveraging the community aspect of entrepreneurship to grow my business and just keep growing and expanding as the time goes on. Well, I think that's the, we sort of, we often joke, call it coopetition, but it really is this idea that like there's far more opportunities than there are, you know, competitors yeah. and, as you say, the best thing you can do, and even coming in from retail, one of my favorite things to do to somebody was they like, hey, you know, can we do a deal on this or whatever? I'm like, you know, I can't, or like we're out of that. But tell you what, go to the place down the street, yeah, and uh, tell them I sent you, and yeah, they've got exactly what you want. And they're like, you'd recommend a competitor? I'm like, we're we're all here to succeed, and we're all here to create a great customer experience. Yeah. And uh, it's about the customer. It's not about, you know, the business. It's more customer right. focused for sure. Because in the end, you know, you're ultimately going to be partners. I've seen people literally play that out where like somebody I knew was going for one company, wanted a job as a project manager. It was a sweet deal contract. Fantastic. And it was just like, yeah, we're just, we're waiting. It's like waiting for budget approval. It's like such a, a bunch of hooks that we're getting in the way. And then ends up saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm waiting for this. This is the gig. This is the one he wanted. Big enterprise rollout project. It was like a dream gig. 
So in the meantime, he takes another contract at another place and they're like, you're, we're good that we're going to be here. This is a 12 month project or a four month. It was like a big enough project that it was impactful. He's like, yep, I'm here for the long term. I'm committed. Right. Uh, You know, go team. We have to do that. Uh, Not, not even a day later, they call from the first place. They're like, they just got the budget starts Monday. So he goes to his boss and says, I got to go, boss. Dream gig came up. <laughs> and uh, they're like, okay. You know, what that we just, we, we step back from it. Well, not another, you know, few weeks later, his company gets bought by the first company. Oh my gosh. And guess who's leading the project management office during the integration? The guy who on first sight and first sentence said, welcome back. You don't need to stay till the end of the day. (laughs) Because I know if you left me once, you'll leave me again. Wow. So that was it. Fired him. It's like, you never know when those things, and like even in the partner ecosystem, it's like we're gonna work with each other. We're inevitably gonna bump into an account where our right. friends were, and like, and we're friends. Like in the end, like we share a common thing. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we embrace like what we can learn from each other, but then keep yeah. that neat differentiated thing? And sometimes it's just your own personal network is your differentiation, yeah, or service absolutely. offerings, or it's like, you know, even if you and and another friend or another you know, person in the industry has an almost like identical looking delivery and stuff. It's like, there's enough customers out there. So I'm with you. Abundance is, it's good. Uh, You know, except when you're, you know, in the the abundance, you know, problem of the attention uh, deficit uh, and an abundance of content. Um, That is true. (laughs) So when I think about what really stood out to me on your journey is seeing this progression i used to watch Grey's anatomy don't judge no i'm i'm right there with you i remember <laughs> this it was this the and it was always this thing about see do teach so see right you took you did the corporate deal you observed you took in information you learned the experience and then you took that and now you're creating your own version of that and that is Tori's world. That is that is creative marketing. Yeah. But then there's a phase three, which is you've developed methods through the course of watching, doing, and now it's phase three in a way. So I want to yeah. talk about what's what's coming up for you. Yeah. Well, I love that you point out that progression because it um it wasn't until I got to this position that I really reflected back to see that there was this progression. And for me, it's been a discovery journey um, to get to this point because I'm ultimately learning that this educating and teaching and leadership role has been ingrained in me since I was a kid. And I say that because when I was young, I come from an athletic background. I played sports my entire life, competitive sports, all the way up to college. Um, I played college softball. And so 
when I was on those teams, I was always the captain. I was the catcher on the team, which the catcher is the one who can see the entire field, who commands the team, directs the team, calls the plays, does all this stuff, and then encourages everybody along the way. And then in high school, I was in um, leadership and different organization and clubs um, at school that were leader uh, driven. And so it was just interesting. I kind of put that behind me, right? And went into my adulthood and started, you know, working and doing all that stuff. And then now when I started my own business, I'm really looking back and saying, gosh, I really enjoy this coaching and this leadership role. And so I've got to get back to that, right? I've done the first two phases and now I'm in, in the mode of teaching and coaching people the the methods and things that I've learned so that I can help others and give back. And so what I'm currently working on and, and developing, um, I've got a couple things and I'm really excited about them because they light me up. So I know that I'm I'm on the right path because if I get it's excited always, about it. You just, if you can be excited about it, somebody else will be too. That's, exactly. That's way, right? And I, I've heard this quote before um, on a Ed Milet show and it was uh, serve the person you once were. And so I always think about that as I'm starting these new programs and, and, um, and tools and resources that I'm building. So the first one I'll tell you about is um, actually related to podcasting. So I'm building a podcast accelerator masterclass. And so this is for podcasters who are fairly new into the podcasting space or have been doing it for a while, but now they're ready to kind of take it to the next level. And so it's an intensive two week course um, where I'm basically going to share all of my my secrets and my uh, lessons learned and really um, utilize some products and tools that I use um, to do a fully produced episode and um, create assets that are SEO optimized, uh, scripts for emailing, social media post descriptions, um, transcripts, like all these different things, and then like a playbook as well. So here's your step by step guide so that these podcasters who are like, Oh, I'm just doing this podcast, but I don't know, like if I'm making any traction, or if I'm making a difference, or if I should keep going. And so I really want to coach them and teach them on, you know, the benefits of podcasting and this marketing strategy that I've been using to help grow my podcast to a top 2% podcast. And so I am excited to share this because, you know, there's so many other podcasters out there that, you know, go through the pod feed, right? Like they do it for a year or two or 10 episodes, whatever it is, and then they just give up. So I'm excited about that. That's, you know, um, my first big initiative that I'm working on. And then the other one is the uh, Visionary Marketing Mastermind. And so this is the big, big mastermind I've been like, thinking about and just running over my head for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so this is going to be um, a mastermind for business owners. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through an eight week um, intensive um, marketing planning roadmap. So during these eight weeks, we're going to take a company and we're going to fully build out their marketing plan. And the benefit in that is because there's so many companies out there who either one haven't put a marketing plan in place 
usually they start with their business plan or, you know, a budget, right? right? But they don't have a strategy for marketing. And so they're just kind of doing whatever they see other people doing or what they think they should be doing, but they don't have a strategy and a plan in place. And so by me coming in as their coach and advisor and putting together like-minded people in their same situation, we're going to build out this strategic plan for their marketing so they know where they start what campaigns to do how to save money on you know for not doing the wrong campaigns yeah, <laughs> and me thinking... saving money on campaigns dear golly i've <laughs> i've learned some hard lessons it's it's uh i'd be better off putting putting 10 bucks on on a double zero at the table <laughs> <laughs> There and can be some what, challenges around that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. That, and that's what that's what's frustrating because, well, frustrating for me because I see people out there who think they're doing the right thing. So they're working on this campaign. They put all this time, all this money, all this effort for it to just flop, right? Or right. for it to not succeed. And so I don't want people to, to have to go through that. I want to be able to sit back, take my 18 plus years of experience, um, give them advice on how to start, where to go from there, what steps or you know, pieces they need to work on, and maybe even advice like on vendors or tech stack or whatever it might be. Right. Um, put them in, in connection with the other people that they need to build out these campaigns so that they are successful and they have a a fully vetted and um, strategic plan for their marketing so that they can grow and succeed their business. Well, the other thing that's interesting in this is the idea of contextualizing progress and like KPIs and measuring. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things we have is this, you know, we sort of get a viral envy, right? We see people and they're like, oh, oh yeah. You know, like, I mean, and you and I, we have to do, we have to do the dance, right? So like we are in the whatever percentage of podcasts, you know, and I often tell somebody like, how did you get to like, you know, to be in this small group of podcasts? I'm like, there are millions of podcasts. So, so even if I'm in the top half percent, yeah. there are still like 47,000 podcasts <laughs> that are ahead of me. <laughs> I got a long way to go, but oh, yeah. hey, it feels pretty neat that we've put in the time and you, know, you start to see those metrics come through. But in year one, it would have been success for me to have 10 subscribers. Like one of the things I'm going through with my team is we were talking about the first major campaign we're going to do. And it was just that, right? Like let's run the playbook. But at the end of it, like we've got inputs, artifacts, outputs, right? Yeah. You know, we've got the tailored vision piece, which is where you really, really shine is like, how do we take your idea and turn it into objects and artifacts that are consistent across yes. your vision and across your every media that you attack from, right? Or not sure that you reach out from, <laughs> not attack. <laughs> so uh, adversarial, but this whole thing of like, how do we measure that? And so I looked and I said, you know, we've got to say that it's a success for us to hit small numbers now. But then at that point, it's like plus, 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 whatever the yeah. year over year, you know, increases are. Well, and I'll tell you this too, that, you know, sometimes downloads don't really matter, right? Right. And it's depending on what your end goal is. So for different people, it's the connections that they make with the guests that they bring on, 
or right. the hosts that they meet, or, you know, they are reaching out to their audience. So depending on what your goal is, then it depends on what your metrics going to be. So you have to really be strategic and specific to your to yourself and to your business. And that's the same with podcasting or with marketing, because, you know, one business, one, two businesses are not alike, you know, the, there's right. going to be different, um, unique features or you know points that they need to to measure so it's not going to be a cookie cutter like here's your kpi these are the things that you track for every company or every podcast so it just depends on what your goal is and what you're you know trying to achieve yeah i think that's again everything has to be outcome based and this is the one thing that we often get stuck in especially where we do data driven marketing like you and I are in the business of understanding how data can measure effectiveness you know but at the same time it's like like you said it's in the end it's pipeline it's pipeline right. is the thing that matters it it those downloads may lead to pipeline but in the end it all trickles down to the general math which is the same like Pareto's principle it's like you get down to the bottom one and a half to three percent conversion you know what you need to do at the top to get them down to the bottom yeah you know, and it's like, no matter how good you are in the middle, that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> but that thing is like in quarter one, like if I'm a podcaster, I maybe I want to lean towards an awareness campaign. I want to maybe right. get a, a new, you know, type of guest. I want to like, there's so many intangible things you tie to it. And then yeah. as a business, like as a marketing team leader, a marketing practitioner, then the same thing will hold true. It's like, hey, we're just, we're getting the website up and like, we're getting seven organic searches a day from Google. And you're like, let's go get a cake. This is heavy duty. You know, in a year. Let's celebrate. In a year, you're going to be able to celebrate those numbers again. Yeah. But it's like, we we have to contextualize and celebrate that process and then yeah. treat it as an experiment. Because if it doesn't go yeah. well, you know, don't, chase the numbers until they end up with the chart looking good. That's yeah. also a huge mistake I find marketers make. It's like, like we'll just keep juking the stats until it, the graph goes up and to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> metrics we got to put in there to make the graph grow, that's the ones we're going to measure. <laughs> and, and in the end, and it's funny, like when you, when you shut the spigot off, what's odd, and again, as a human behavior problem, we think like, we made it. We didn't do a campaign and we're five weeks in and we're still doing okay. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you haven't felt this is the eye of the storm yeah. when it comes to the other side. And then it's so it's like six months, whatever your sales cycle is, that that's what it's going to be. So all the six yeah. months later, they're like, what just happened? There's no top of funnel pipeline. Like, well, yeah. yeah, because we didn't run a campaign five months ago. Remember? <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And and there's different aspects of marketing and industry. There's different layers to all of this, right? So it's industry, it's consumer behavior, it's the platform, it's the, the campaign. All of these things make a difference. Like if, right. if we're just to talk about SEO, right? Like organic SEO 
is a long-term goal. <laughs> so you've got to put in the time and effort with the organic SEO in order to see the results because it that's just the nature of the business in that yeah. you know specific thing. But if you run like a Facebook ad for an event, you know your your capture could be quicker, right? <laughs> because you right. have a time specific event and you know who you're targeting. It's for a date, a location. Like there's so many different facets of it. So you have to be able to look at the big picture uh, of what you're doing and what your goal is and, you know, who your audience is and what, you know, what your plans are. So, so many moving parts in this marketing space and not to mention throwing in different, you know, um, things coming into our world, right? Like uh, (laughs) chat GPT, right? AI technology. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So throw all these different layers in. And so the marketing industry is just always evolving. And so for some people, it's like exhausting. But for me, I think it's exciting because it's like something new. Like, oh my gosh, how can we like layer this into what we do and make our job more efficient? Make, you know, um, create new ideas for what we're going to do or, you know, leverage technology to streamline processes. There's just so many cool things, but again, you know, different avenues you got to look at. (laughs) So this is an interesting thing as a, as an entrepreneur, as the head visionary, you know, leading people as well and sort of, and tasking stuff with, with people and partners and, how do you maintain that passion for it all, the want to learn it all with the balance of the amount of time you have available to focus in some areas? Because I, it's a struggle that I have. It's like, I look and I say like a marketing campaign, I can run everything. I know how to run each piece of it, but it's yeah. like, I have to delegate. I have to entrust others in the team. I have to like let stuff fall. Yeah. And at the same time, I've got to be this vision person, like looking for what's next and building the new toolkits and building the new systems. It's like, I kind of, you know, I've got that, you know, it's like almost year one. uh, And I, I've learned a lot of lessons. So let's, let's you and I share lessons. How do you have that be, you know, I that has a hundred little things that it sees, but then deliver on what needs to be done at that moment? Uh, Well, I think it's a constant struggle. (laughs) I don't think um, I have uh, really fine-tuned the process. I, as you mentioned, am a visionary. So I have a lot of big ideas and I have what people call shiny object syndrome. (laughs) So there's new CRM systems that come out or new tech stacks or new, you know, whatever it might be. And so I automatically am like, what is that? Like, how can we use it? And I get really excited. But then (laughs) I have people who are on my team to help bring me back, right? Like I have one specific person on my team and she is my my ground right like ground zero she's my you know integrator she's the one who holds me accountable and she's like tori i know this is exciting and you really want to do this but we got to focus and then you can look at that and so i think you know for me it's i look at a couple different things right what's customer um customers always come first for me so if it's not going to benefit my customers then I've got to figure out another avenue of doing this or put that off until I have the time to do it. 
Um, the other thing is, you know, working on tasks that are revenue generating, right? So I don't want to just spend my time being the creative, like I could spend hours just designing a logo or editing a video because it's fun and I get to be creative and do all these things, but I have to think of the bigger picture um, and, you know, who is this for? What is the purpose? And is this leading or getting us a step further in either my marketing or in my clients marketing? So that's kind of how I, I do that. And I try to be give myself space to be creative. So I time block and, um, you know, I really focus on certain days for myself and my business and then other days that are project focus for clients or even networking opportunities gives me the opportunity to talk to people and, and meet and, and share. And so that's kind of how I structure it, but I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you do. <laughs> I attempt all of the above and I achieve few of them. Uh, yeah, it's, I, the good thing about being here on the shoulders of giants, right? I've got great mentors who I've learned from along the way, and we've stayed really close because what ends up happening is effectively we, we just, we do what we do one level up at the next place. And we've always had a mindset as a team, a group, you know, a, a real sort of family. Everybody hates me to say that. Like, but like, if you go, if you go to work for a company, they refer to what it's like a family, then you want to run. I'm like, true, but I, I've legitimately had a very family feeling with a lot of folks that I worked with. Yeah. So we, we built up, you know, really good learnings along the way. And they were super good about sharing. So when I got to now be the one that's purveying that information back down, I just follow that same method of like, okay, what did they show me how to do? Mm -hmm. And one thing that my my previous CMO, uh, Tom, there you go, Tom Murphy, shout out to Tom. He taught me there's times when stuff just needs to get done. And there's a time when stuff needs to get delegated. Yeah. And both of those are very pragmatic, like emotion-free decisions. Uh -huh. And it's like, if there's client work that needs to be done, and it's due today, then we're going to do what needs to get done, right? If you want to take a look at this really cool new tech stack, you're like, that's cool. But <laughs> is now the right time? And yeah. is now, is that thing the best place where you could focus your energy? So I've learned to better, more tightly focus things, which is very difficult for me because I'm that person that I'm actually kind of, I'm fueled by the, other people. I get energy from helping other people through a problem. I can't help myself through a problem, but I can help anybody else. So it'd be like working on a, on a thing. And then somebody calls it. They're like, I'm stuck. Can you help me with one little thing? And like, no problem. Got this. We're in like a leadership coaching session all of a sudden. And like there they run it and it works. I'm like, so happy. Yeah. Like, Oh, right. You're like, wait, what was I working on? What was I supposed to be doing? On. That's right. <laughs> Why is my accountant texting me 22 times an hour? Ah, right on. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm helping my friend, you know, build a diorama for his kids. Yeah, it's we, it is easy to look at like what you can do. And I've narrowed it down to what I can do, but what I can do with the resources available. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting better at scoping that. 
but then even better internally with my resources available and where can I better spend my time? And yeah. uh, it's a real, I mean, the weirdest thing I had, I was up in Toronto with my, my, my son and, and my dad and, and my, uh, my sister. And we're sitting there talking with, you know, with friends and meeting my team. I've got a bunch of my team members that are actually up there, which is hilarious. I'm the Canadian in Jersey, in New Jersey, but meanwhile, they're, they're in Toronto. <laughs> and here's my, you know, my colleague, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, Eric's Eric's my boss. I'm like, oh, I'm not your boss. I'm like, <laughs> so I mean, she's my operations team lead. It happens yeah. to also be my you know, whatever executive assistant, I guess. But I'm like, no, we work together. We we work yes. together at the company. I'm like, I don't have this boss, like this hierarchical thing in, in my mind. It's that that was. <laughs> So that's still kind of funny to think of. It's like, oh, right. I'm responsible for other humans and their families. And like, dang, that's. Yeah. That was <laughs> Try a, not that to think about it. No. <laughs> so, so those are kind of my, my two things. It's like, so how do I get the first one? Find a great team. Like just surround myself with people that can also kind of detect when I'm going to f- just snap because yeah. it's, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to ride the red line continuously. It's a cyclist in me. It's what we do. We, we ride pain tolerance thresholds way too close. <laughs> but then in finding people that can number one, that I can trust to sort of like lean on and they can lean on me, you know, when it all comes down to it. I agree. Then it's just the self ability to, to like have that, that executive admin function that says like, I, I will not be able to do this thing that I said I would love to do. Yeah. I've got to outsource it, you know, and it's, embraced a lot in a very short time but it, it well, took no, nudging right it really took yeah. a, a, a group of people around me that could identify like we think and you sit there and you think okay put ego aside you're right i should not be working on canva designing the creative for a marketing campaign that's 11 months <laughs> long i'm like i should be building the narrative <laughs> yeah and it's i think it's it's self-awareness right is the big thing Um, And you talked about like delegating too. that was something that was a challenge for me when I first started because I could do all the things. So why would I delegate it? Right? Like if I can do it, why would I delegate it? Well, then it's like, okay, what's the best use of my time? What makes me excited? Or what do I see as like my zone of genius if people call it that right? So where do I shine in what areas what makes me excited to do? And then what's the best use of my time? And so that's really how I determined how I delegate. And then it comes back to the team, right? Building a team around you who you trust, who are capable, who are open to learning, who, you know, have passion for you and your business uh, just as much as you do. And so, you know, once you get past that hurdle and really look, you know, take a step back and realize that, you know, that, you don't have to do all things or you don't have to be all things to all people. And that if you divide and conquer, sometimes you will rise above even quicker than if you were to try and do it all yourself. I, there is a, it's almost a dichotomy of having to be able to, you have to be able to see everything. You have to be able to think like from the vision down to the tactical, I know I can do this. Like you have to understand the minutia. But what you have to also do is pragmatically separate yourself from the need to participate in the minutia. There's yeah. an awareness of it that allows you to build a playbook. And that is really like the systematizing of the thing is where 90% of people tip over. 
and why like you're so fantastic. You give away such great information. And if anybody just went back and wrote it down, they would have a playbook <laughs> on their hands. But right. what they don't have is, is Tori, right? They don't have your yeah. lived experience. And this is why even you know, in what we're doing, like I've got this massive campaign, thankfully led by somebody else because they taught me how to delegate, which is about <laughs> Good job. In, how do you use automated tools and AI writers and all these things like to maximize the effectiveness of your product marketing and technical marketing? And people were like, wait a second. Isn't the whole idea that you're a bunch of humans that you don't want to be replaced by AI? I'm like, right. So I'm going to teach you how to use it for Facebook ads because that's not my business. And that's yeah. probably an optimal use of that particular technology. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, how do I... You know, I think I forget who the professor was, was what you talked about the zone, right? The zone of proximal development, which is yeah. what we ultimately came with the zone when we talk about, you know, he's in the zone or she's in the zone. It was mean like this zone of proximal, like self-learning. It's like the the aha moment kicks and, and right. you're in. How do I find my thing that I'm like, this is my thing that's fantastic that I can do that's so differentiated that has maybe IP, whether it's human plus machine or whatever. Yeah. But in the meantime, like I can give away all of my secrets in the end, what they will want is the fact that I've done this a bunch of times. They're going to want, they're going to say, yeah, I, I read Tori's book and I took her class, but I need help. Right. And like, that's, we're like, okay, no problem. Right. Let's stay engaged. And, and, yeah. and then at that point they're like, I like that you've taught me the concepts, but they also as good delegators understand they do not want to be tactically dealing with this. Let's go to an expert and ultimately get to that highest ROI movement yeah. of, of, of things. And uh, so it's, it's an interesting question for you here because I struggle with yes. this one. Sometimes we come from the industry with humility yet with expertise. Mm-hmm. And you come into a team whose whole purpose is to separate themselves from the industry. Like in some way, there's a bit of a like us versus the world when you're in a startup, especially. And even a human aspect, right? There's our team and then there's the consultant. Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do you navigate being an expert without sort of, uh, scratching egos. Uh, sometimes it's it's a, it's a careful balance of like yeah. I'm going to bring you expertise that your team currently doesn't have. I'm not saying you yeah. don't have it, but you right now like like it's, you almost feel like I I'm not coming here to take your jobs and not coming here to take your budget. It's like yeah, we almost feel like we have to be a bit conciliatory and and sort of defensive sometimes in in our position. But uh, so how do you how do you come in and and make that easy for them to become a real true active partner? Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head there is the, the partner, right? Like for me, I've been in this role many times where there is an existing team of people who do marketing or their assistants, marketing assistants in a company. And then you bring in this big wig, you know, a marketing consultant who's going to tell you what to do and how to do it and all this stuff. And for me, I don't know how, obviously, I don't know how other, other people do it. But for me, um, my demeanor is very open and um, I come with humility and I come with a mindset of partnership. 
Um, and so I'm always open to learning. I don't think that I know everything. I know that I don't know everything. And so I'm not going to be one to, to say that I do. Um, I'm going to live in my expertise where that is. And then my goal is to coach people and help them to rise above so that we can be partners in their success because they're the ones who are the foundation, right? Especially if you're coming into a team, they're the foundation of the company. Most of the times they're in the office, I'm not in the office, right? So I come in every once in a while or I'll do a virtual meeting, but they're like boots on the ground, they're in the day to day. And so there's something that's said for that in a team. And so I want to be a partner to share my expertise, to even educate them and help them to learn so that they can ultimately, you know, grow from where they are in their position, help their company grow, and we can all grow together. So for me, it's about partnerships. It's about humility and, um, you know, just really coming from a servant's heart and really helping people in that, in that mindset. So I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it's perfect. <laughs> and I mean, it, you clearly have a very community and service centric, people centric approach to everything. It's it's yeah. pervasive in, in even your speech. How early did that become a thing that you realized? Even looking back, right? When what was the earliest part of your life where you're like? that's kind of my jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, like I mentioned before, I think it was, you know, early in my childhood playing sports because, um, you know, I look back at it, it's a team, right? So on a softball field, there are different players on the team and you don't win or lose the game with one person. And it's the same concept in business. You don't win or lose with one person on yeah. your team. And so it's it's just really been ingrained in me since childhood because I have had that, you know, coaches and leaders who've taught me that, um, you know, work together, you win together, you lose together, you grow together. And so that's really just carried over into my life. And I think that it's the best approach. I mean, obviously, everyone does it differently, but that's my approach. So that's what makes me unique and what makes me stand out. Um, but you know, it doesn't work for everyone. So I think, you know, that's how I like to approach it. And when, when it meets the needs of, uh, the other person on the other end, then it's a perfect match because, you know, we can grow together. We're team partners. Yeah. yeah it's a, uh, the, the very collegial thing has to begin super early I find and it tends to even play out in like small things just in you know when you look back far enough you're like oh yeah yeah got it you know like when there were four kids over you know you realize like oh they kind of self-organized early <laughs> and like when you actually go back and and play those little nuances about a personality forward you often find yeah it's, uh, it comes together and that's what I, I love is that we are we're often born to do a thing but finding the opportunity to see yourself being allowed to do that thing. And I think that's, yeah. that's really being an entrepreneur is a responsibility that's not taken or given easily. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have to both, you know, have the humility to accept that it's going to be a tough road, uh, <laughs> but you're, you know, you're, you're going to learn from it but also yeah. to allow yourself to be given that opportunity. Like, like yeah. 
I hung on a long time and I see a lot of people that that's just like, even with products, they say like, if you, if you're proud of the product you ship, boy, you waited too long. Like if you think it's done too late, like you should have sent it out earlier. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing of like, can we, can we allow ourselves to, to have the opportunity to succeed? And, yeah. it, and it feels like that's a missing piece with a lot of people. Or they just haven't discovered it yet. I think it's not, the, right. not that it's a missing piece, but, you know, it's and it's different levels. I don't think of like an entrepreneur as being the success. It's a success. Right. Uh, you Absolutely. know, being, being head, you know, I was a cobbler. Being the best cobbler in the country was a pretty darn successful thing. I was proud of that. Yeah. Completely diverged from where I am now. But like finding your ability to be proud of where you're at, and then create that team mentality where they can also be proud of what your vision and their life is colliding together in this very collegial way and yeah. servicing clients. Well, and it's, I a think business. Too- it's a business in the end. And you're yeah. like, Hey, we got to make numbers. But like, if you do it the right way, the numbers, you know, it's like Bill Walsh says, right. You know, that where the score takes care of itself, you teach <laughs> techniques, not, you know, you teach playbooks, not plays. Mm-hmm. it's how to do it well and, and and you talked about like how we're kind of born into these these um personality types right and and it's funny i i'm a mother of two young kids and um so i look at my my sons and it's interesting the personalities obviously they're both totally different right totally different people right totally different personalities and the personality that you know kind of developed from when they were babies has carried over into now young childhood right they're six and nine and so i see these different personalities and so it's interesting from a mother's perspective it helps me as a person right to see that okay if you look back like this has been really ingrained in you from the beginning and this is what you were born with this is this is your, you know, path that you need to find your way on. And so, you know, as a mom, I look at my kids and I'm like, okay, this is your specialty. This is where you succeed and shine. And so how can I help them to find that path that is really follows that natural being of who they are? And so I think if, if people can just lean into, you know, that understanding of who they are and the clarity of, you know, what really is natural to them. I think that's really where people are going to succeed either as an entrepreneur or whatever it is. Um, I think it's, it's just interesting to kind of look at that perspective. Yeah. And I find there's a lot more, like there's, I think there's a lot more range of anything that you do now versus what it used to be. Like you said, there was this sort of laddered approach. I mean, look at Michael, uh, Jay Fox, right? The secret mm-hmm. to my success. Cause that was, uh, that's kind of my, that was my era, right? This whole thing of like, you know, faking it till you make it. And then, <laughs> but, and it would always be these stories of like somebody that started in the mail room and next, yeah. you know, they were senior vice president of whatever. Like, do you know, I used to say this, you know, I, cause I was good friends with the, the fellow that worked in the mail room. And it's like, do you know what James, you know, and, and, uh, and Pete in the mailroom will be in 10 years, senior mailroom assistant. So like, like there's, <laughs> they're not going to be senior vice president of operations anymore. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe there, there is a personality that would pull someone through there, but it used to be very common. Like you're going to do this and you're going to move between departments and they moved everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, yeah, the best you can be is, you know, mailroom analyst 
three, you know, whatever your HR <laughs> title is going to be. <laughs> exactly. Let's hope for my goal watch. But um, so I, I, so I find even like in that area, like in anything, whether it's, you know, if you're going to, if the mailroom is where you are, then be the best bloody mailroom person you can be, right? Like deliver best service, you know, service yeah. your clients, be, you know, customer fanatical about that experience, right? Like that's, uh, it, so it doesn't need to be, I'm a VP of this and thus I will be a director. Like, cause it used to be like individual contributor to management. It yeah. was like, you have to do it. Like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> if, cause if it terrifies you to do it, then why would you do that to yourself? Like, why would you purposefully put yourself into a spot just because it's supposed to be good for your career? Yeah. And then you rock it back down into self-hatred because it's like, I, I can't do this. I don't want to work with it. I don't want to lead a team. I'm not a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a great individual contributor. <laughs> <laughs> know your zone, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's that becomes a thing of like, as you choose your team now, you know your strengths, you know where your limits are and where you need to augment that it's and having that big picture means that you can sort of fill in that matrix and that's why with marketing plans like your approach is the right way to go yeah we're going to do tactical things yeah <laughs> but if we don't have the macro i don't want to sound it sounds also like a macros and synergies whatever but if you don't have a yeah. macro view of it all you have to see how this is going to fit in there it's yeah. very easy for us to get lost in the weeds. Like, yeah, we got to do three webinars this month because of whatever metric we, we set ourselves as a okay. successful metric. You're like, well, what's the actual metric? Yeah. And what's the Pipelines, big picture? Engagements, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I love it. How do you, how do you stay excited? That I guess that's <sighs> the real trick too. Like how do you maintain the excitement, but also just do the work? You got a lot on the go. <laughs> I, I think it's a blessing and a curse that I have a lot on. I wear a lot of hats. Um, I, I had a, when I was in corporate, I had a friend of mine, a coworker who called me um, the, the girl with many hats or Tori of many, many hats. And I was uh -huh. like, well, that's kind of interesting. But then now I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I do. I wear a lot of hats. Um, but how do I stay excited? Like for me, I, I just love what I do and I love helping people and I love getting results uh, and problem solving and being creative. So if I can do those things, um, I'm always excited, right? Like yeah. obviously everybody has their moments and, you know, I try to take time for myself and that's one of like self-care is, is a big thing for me right now is that I am filling so many other people's cups with, you know, knowledge and, and uh, excitement and, and support and all these things. And so I'm really trying to focus back on myself. And right. so um, I'm working on self-care and really, you know, filling my cup so that I'm doing the things that I enjoy. Um, I'm spending time with my family. I'm watching my kids play sports, like all of these things so that I can come to work with that excitement um, for what I'm doing. And, and just so long as, like I said, if, if I am being creative and problem solving and helping people, then it's, it's exciting for me. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I'm in the right spot because I am excited. Um, once I start to get like that, like, oh, feeling, then I know I've got to make a change. Yeah. Um, and that's where it was when I started my business, you know, I was in corporate and I was just stuck. Like I felt this like, 
ugh, every time I went to work or every time I had to do a project, it was like, this isn't right. So I always am trying to be uh, self-aware of what I'm doing and, and how I feel, um, because that is a guide for me too, to know that, you know, I'm, I'm coming with my best foot forward. I'm, you know, doing the best work that I can and I'm serving yeah. the client and I'm, you know, being true to myself. So. Yeah. It's the, it's the interesting challenge too, of like knowing when you're, when you're suffering mm. and uh, there's actually a great uh, thing called the, the beta paradox that talks about sort of the, like the, the experiment that they run is if you were to, if it was, two kilometers to go somewhere versus one kilometer you kind of sorry canadian so if it's three quarters <laughs> of a mile to one place or one and a half miles to the second place if three quarters of a mile you think like yeah i could walk it out yeah but it would take you 20 minutes to walk versus if you were to go two kilometers to one and a half miles you'd be like no i gotta drive there and yeah. it'll take you six minutes you know instead of 20 minutes to go further but because the threshold for sort of pain has not been hit yet, you're willing to go farther less efficiently, mm. even though all it takes is one little trigger of distance and you immediately would change like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense then for me to waste the time. And so we get caught in this thing where we tend to go too far. And it's human history. Like I, I've had it where I'm like, it's almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. You start to mm. perform poorly and it's like, almost like, like you almost want someone to go like, Hey, is everything okay? Like, do you, are you, you don't feel like you're in this anymore. And you go, I'm not, you're right. I'm not, <laughs> I, I gotta go. I got it. Whatever it is. I, I, it's, it's, it's died inside me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you look for your own self-care moments, how did you spot I bet you did what I just talked about, which was you probably walked too far <laughs> before realizing that you were, you were suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to the extreme in certain areas where I was doing things that I thought were the right thing to do or the right path to go on or the right direction to take the business in. Um, and I, I had those, those gut feelings that, oh, this isn't right. Right. Or, um, I had the conversation with a client that wasn't a good fit. And right. so, you know, for me, I just, I had to take a step back and, and just be quiet with myself, um, to really listen to what I was meant to be doing and if I was in the right direction. And, so when I get to that point, it's like, okay, it's like, you know, put on the brakes, <laughs> redirect, right? And so that's that's kind of what I use and and how I do it in, in my business and personally is, you know, if I get to a point where I feel like I've gone too far down one path that's not the right path, it's like, put it in reverse, right? Like, how do you, you know, do the right thing, uh, but still do what's right for you at the same time? Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always tough, especially because like just by your nature, you're always looking outwards, yeah. and you're like you've got like just it's like you're 
99% empathy and 1% like self-empathy. You're like, I, all right, I better make sure that I don't tip yeah. over. I got to put my own mask on before as like the plane, right? Thing, right? Like make sure that your own mask is, is, is secure on your face before you be yeah. do it for others. In the, and you're like, it's like such human nature, like save everyone around me and then I'll be okay. Cause you, yeah. you've got confidence in yourself, but you yeah. want to like help others. Well, and I think that the big point in that too is, is surrounding yourself with people who can point out your blind spots. So having mentors or people in your family or people on your team who can see these blind spots for you, because, you know, I, the, I hear people say the term all the time, you can't read the label from the inside of the jar, right? And so it's like, you can't see your own blind spots. And so you have trusted people or trusted mentors or, you know, whoever it is who can help you like, hey, Tori, is that, you know, really the right thing that we should be doing? Or is that the right direction? And so then that's like where the brakes come on. It's like, Ugh! oh, wait a second. <laughs> so yeah. I think surrounding yourself with good people who have you know, your best interests at heart and who are really invested in you and your business, if you're a business owner, um, you know, to help guide you in that way as well. And I mean, it goes to like, as much as we talk about systematizing the things that we do and in across digital marketing, creative, like physical marketing, every angle of sales marketing, whatever it is, we can systematize it. We can create fantastic tech stacks. We can do all of these things with automation, but in the end, even with chat GPT writing the script for your SDRs to do the thing that will touch the, like it all has to be initiated by a human that understands mm -hmm. the reason the company's there. Yeah. And the reason the customer will care. And that's yep. like no, no machine for quite a long time. will be able to do that. Yeah. And, uh, so. And layer in the emotion too, like, cause a lot of times, right. you know, sales are based on emotion, uh, depending on the industry that you're in, you make decisions, um, emotionally, not necessarily intelligently. <laughs> and right. so humans, you know, are, bring that layer of emotion, um, to it and understanding and life experience that you can't get from a bot or a, you know, chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's really, cause if you look at you know, like thinking fast and slow and the work of Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky, who basically, I mean, they were the first behavioral psychologists to win a Nobel prize for economics mm -hmm. because they realized there was behavior patterns and heuristics that were when tested at scale could be discovered to be actual heuristics, provable, repeatable heuristics. That didn't make sense. The math didn't line up. Probability was X result was why and the reason is because there was a human in the middle and wow. humans do strange things but they're predictably strange yeah, yeah you know <laughs> so we have to we have to use that human element so like inject it in the story building and in the mapping to personas because it's like you're the one that's as you said right for the person that was in that seat, right? Create for the consumer, put yeah. yourself in their, in their shoes, you know, like no machine's going to be do that. They can, they can say, right. Like the voice of do the, whatever as, you know, that's yeah. great. But in the end, if you ask them why, like, I'm sorry, know. 
I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Or to give you a fake answer. That's the scary thing about all those things. It's not that these things are wrong. It's that they're wrong and they believe they're fundamentally right. And that's the biggest (laughs) issue. So you need a human to check it for quite some time. So I, 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 I for one, welcome our AI marketing overlords, but uh, Hey, like we're going to need to be, uh, health check and that stuff along the way no one yeah. no computer could have come up with that 1984 avalad yeah uh, you know <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know if that's right or wrong but i can tell you that no computer would have been like i got a crazy idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no you need humans you need to understand because our and covid like pre-covid mid-covid post-covid all the stats are wrong everything's erased yeah we're starting yeah. from scratch again. And it's like, you need yeah, a human the, experience. Yeah, the predictable, you know, uh, growth or charts or whatever it is pre-COVID, you know, is not the predictable charts that is post-COVID. Yeah, so I, I heard a radio ad and it just made me, it made me laugh a little too hard because it was just like, it was for like a real estate, uh, you know, income trust, you know, REIT's mm. fund. And they're like, Past performance, not indicative of future results. I'm like, you think <laughs> <laughs> you're running, you're selling office space? That's like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> like, this is a, that's like <sighs> saying you're going to get into disco in '74. Like, this is you're the wrong time to get involved in this. <laughs> oh. So it's uh, so. What lesson? What lesson was so firmly implanted in you that you had to shake because the last three years changed it? Mm, I think for me, um, what was ingrained in me was work hard and um, you'll be recognized for your hard work. And I think that that still applies that you need to work hard, but not necessarily that you're going to be recognized, right? So you have to make your own path um, and you have to to put the spotlight on yourself to show people the value that you have. You can't just expect somebody to recognize you or pull you out of a, a crowd and, and make you the person that you need to be. You have to put in that self-work and uh, really highlight yourself. So that would be a lesson that I've learned um, that I think can apply to anything business or personal. That's it. It's the mic drop. I can't, I have nothing can follow that. Tori <laughs> Barker. Thank you very much. So Tori, uh, where do folks find you? If I'll have obviously links below and such, but where, if, when, when folks want to connect with you and yeah. obviously take in your, your, both your incredible energy and your knowledge, uh, proven experience, uh, what, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So my uh, favorite social platform is LinkedIn. So you can find me Tori Barker on LinkedIn, um, or you can visit my website, creativemarketingsacramento.com and just shoot me over a message. I'd love to connect with you. Perfect. Well, and for folks, this is, you just got a free set of lessons, but just like <laughs> we said, you know, chat GPT can Maybe able to to crap out the words, but what it's missing, as Frank Zappa says, is the eyebrows. Yes, <laughs> we need uh, we need the human experience, and uh, my human experience is better for having spent this time together, uh, Tori. And and I've been lucky. Thank you for having me on your show as well. Yes. It was uh, 
It was so cool. So we'll uh, we'll definitely we'll keep in touch. You may who knows we may see some partner fun uh, that we can pull together down the road. Uh, I've definitely learned that abundance is a beautiful thing, especially when shared. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and and talk with you and have you on my show and be on your show as well. There you go, folks. Creative Marketing Sacramento, you got to get in there. And uh, far beyond Sacramento, she's worldwide now. Remember, that was a great thing. Zoom, we can work anywhere now. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Tori Barker, thank you very much. And uh, for folks, of course, do hit the links below and make sure you uh, show your support because good people deserve, uh, deserve that karma. Thanks, Eric.